0: been an awakening. Have you felt it? Light it up!
1: Welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars, your source for a high-quality, informative, and entertaining look into the Star Wars galaxy. So strap yourself in, because here's where the fun begins. Well, hey, welcome to Unmistakably Star Wars, my little tom We are glad you are with us on this special episode of USW. We are sitting down with friend of the pod, Alec Eskander, who, of course, is the vision behind Escape Velocity content down in Hollywood. He is also one of the creators of that fantastic fan film that came out about a year ago, Birth of a Monster. And Alec, welcome back to Unmistakably Star Wars.
0: Hey, thank you for having me. Excited to be here.
1: So listen, uh, of course, you've got some news that we want to get to in just a bit, but since we've been together, catch us up a little bit. What's been going on for you and your company?
0: Yeah, so it has been a lot. Um, really exciting stuff since we talked about Birth of a Monster. Um, so our company in 2019 um, had had something really incredible happen, and that's that we kind of joined forces and have a partnership with with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, um, Deadpool himself and his company, Maximum Effort. Um, basically, what that means is that we get to work with him um, very, very closely and creating a lot of different content for the things that he has creative control over. Um, it's been kind of a crazy ride because, yeah. you know, this is stuff from like the movies he's working on. Last year, um, he did he did Detective Pikachu and um, Six Underground, a few others um, that we got to work on some really funny promos that he wrote. So he, he has a a writing partner named George Dewey and, um, and then we'll, we get to produce him, um, with my kind of, uh, directing partner that I work with a ton, Brian Rowland. Um, and then he also owns aviation gin, uh, aviation American gin. So any alcohol lovers out there, not for kids, um, really, really good stuff. We got to do a ton of campaigns for that. Um, yeah, so, so. Basically it's stuff that he's able to have, you know, creative control over. Um him and George will come up with these really amazing ideas and then they work directly with me and Brian, the director, DP, um, to bring them to life. So, you know, I, I encourage everyone obviously to, you know, to go out there. You can you can literally go on Ryan Reynolds' YouTube page and almost everything he has on there is stuff that we've gotten to produce and work with him on um up to I think at the end of the year we end of 2019 we did this peloton wife aviation gin crossover that that went viral that was hilarious yes, yes um it was. <laughs> and uh, um so that was that was a lot of fun the aviation gin spots are incredible and then ryan actually just became an owner of mint mobile um and has a has a couple movies including um free guy and a um, netflix movie with the rock and gal gadot that's going to be this year that we're going to get to work on stuff for so yeah that's that's the big thing super exciting
1: that is that is fantastic, and of course, since we've gotten together uh, last time, we we had this little independent film come out called Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. I don't know if you had a chance to see that.
0: Oh, anymore. that's right. Was that did that
1: come out already? Oh
0: my! god. I should go.
1: <laughs> right? Can you give us some insight into kind of your your reaction to the the closing of oh, the yeah, Skywalker yeah. saga?
0: Yeah, I. I was so fulfilled. I was so happy. I, I mean, I know, again, Star, Star Wars fandom can be pretty torn. Um, but I, you know, I got to see this opening night with my wife and my two sons. Um, I I just felt like absolute joy and fulfillment. And, mm-hmm. you know, I tried to go into it with, look, just enjoy yourself, be a kid. I've got to see, you know, these, these last, what is it, five, the trilogy plus two, um, in the theater mm-hmm. with my sons and my wife. We're all really, really big fans. And um yeah, this one just felt like it I just feel like they did it right and from my perspective. Mm-hmm. Um it I felt like a kid. That I think that was the most important thing is I felt like it did such a good a good job at making me you know, that that suspension of disbelief. Right. Right. Um, you know, even down to like little things with like Chewbacca getting his medal. Sorry, mm-hmm. spoiler, if you haven't seen it, you're <laughs> not a real Star Wars fan. <laughs> um but yeah, you know, like I yeah, that's my overall feeling is I just felt very fulfilled and I I had that kind of childlike wonderment.
1: I I love hearing you say that because look, and as you well know, being in the industry that there's no such thing as, as a perfect film. And certainly there were things that had JJ called me, I might've advised to do otherwise, but overall that's the (laughs) first time that I'd actually felt that, that childhood wonder with the sequel trilogy and well, everything under the Disney umbrella, really.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, you're, you, were you a, you were, Pro or anti uh, Raylo? I can't, I remembered <laughs> talking to you about this. <laughs> so <laughs> I think you were anti that idea. Yeah, and, and so here's <laughs> what
1: I, I came to know. I was I was enlightened by our sister show, the Sky Talkers podcast, and they said, well, you know, hold on there, that the, the Reylo's not Kylo Ren and Ray. It's actually Ben Solo in Ray. And so like I yeah. I appreciated the the dyad parts. I really wasn't into like the whole romantic side of it. But as far as them being a forced dyad, I was okay with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it also didn't feel, at least to me, it didn't feel like too over the top. Um, it felt like it was a really special moment yeah. versus them trying to make it like romantic where too far drawn out romantic. You know what right. I mean? It was more right. just a special moment, which I really thought was a yeah, good Yeah, I
1: mean, it was a solid three seconds of romance. It was perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah. Three seconds. But dude, like when, when Ray says, and I am all, what does he say? I am all the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um that and then the, the just the the safer sentence oh my gosh everything about that the lightning block i mean that that whole thing i just like melted i mean yeah. everything about that was just being a kid yes. oh, so so good
1: <laughs> agreed So let's kind of go forward now and let's talk about, you guys got a little project that you're working on that regards kind of, is is it an official part two to birth of a monster or is it something else entirely different?
0: Oh, it's a good question. Um, We're calling it episode two, but when I say episode two, it's kind of like we're creating our own fan film series Mm. and you know, some of them may or may not have ties to each other, but what, they're all going to have in common is that they're all going to have ties to the original trilogy. Wow. Um and so this one this one is called Sands of Fate, a Star Wars story. Um and it's really cool. This is this is a I can't give away actually too much of it because I think that will take away from the fan experience. It would be if you haven't seen Birth of a Monster I and I'm sure some people listening maybe they haven't. Um, but if you, if I had told you the ending of *Birth of a Monster* before you saw it, I think you still would have liked it. But I think it would have been less impactful. So, I'll say that. But it's real. It's a really cool story that Tim Martin, our director, um, and really the true visionary behind you know this this project and these projects that we've been doing. Um, He told me about this a couple years ago, and it was this really, really awesome, clever tie back to uh, Return of the Jedi. And ever since then, I was like, dude, that has to be the second one that we do. That would be so incredible. And what's also really fun about this project is it gave us another opportunity to create some new characters. Mm -hmm. Um, The the story will say it does follow um, a character we've come up with, an original character called Tiro. And he's kind of a the best way to describe him is he's kind of like a. Maybe like a drunk, down and out version of Han Solo. And when I say drunk, I, I don't mean too over the top. But he's basically a defector um, from the Empire who's kind of laying low. And he basically gets caught up, as we say, in scum and villainy. So he kind of gets caught up in the underworld, you know, with bounty hunters and, and things like that. And so the the baseline of the story is that he is getting recruited, and um, you know, he's kind of a shell of him, his former self. But at one point, you know, he was kind of known to be this total badass. And um, so he's trying to find himself. He's trying to find that, you know, that strength that he used to have, but in, in a different way because he wanted to get away from, mm. you know, the empire. So so that's the baseline. And what's what's really fun is that we're gonna have a lot of familiar faces throughout the short. Um, you know, that will be really, I think really, really fun for, for fans to see. And it's again, all going to be practical. We're, we're going to use some CGI and the effects, but um, one of the best parts about having Tim as our director and, and leading our team creatively is that he is a brilliant special makeup effects artist, sculptor concept designer and so we're able to have all this stuff to create these characters some that are original some that you've seen before and it will be really really fun to, to watch that all and we, we want to do a little more action we're still going to stay away from like for, the force too much and 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 lightsabers this is really more character driven and, and story driven like we tried to do before um but a lot of really cool practical things and um creatures and remote spider droids and just really really fun stuff
1: I love it. And you guys absolutely blew me away with Birth of a Monster. I immediately fell in love with it. From from the movie making process and even coming up with the title, Sands of Fate. And as you know, you and mm-hmm. I were both in Chicago almost a year ago at Celebration and we were just getting ready for what the, the name of episode nine was going to be. So when right. you're developing this concept, is it something where like, oh, I think here's a good title. Let's develop a story around that. Or are you developing the story
0: and then now let's come up with a title? That's- That's a good question. Um, It was definitely story first. The title was, was not easy. And, you know, I don't know how fans are going to feel about it. We're not Disney. We're not Lucasfilm. So we don't have the same pressure. Right. Um, But it, It was. um, It's very interesting in contrast to Birth of a Monster because I think Birth of a Monster came pretty quickly. I Mm -hmm. want to say that it was just something that Tim came up with and it and it worked and it made sense. As I recall, I could be wrong on that. Someone might correct me, but I I seem to remember it being something that Tim came up with and we're like, yeah, that's great. Let's do that. We felt good. Sands of Fate. So we have kind of our core group of creatives: Um, Tim, myself, my brother Ian, who wrote the screenplay and worked with Tim. you know, we've got like producers and assistant directors and, you know, people, uh, you know, Scott Wickman, um, Patrick Lumberg. Our, our DP is also really heavily involved in creative, Nick Mahar, um, And so we actually like create email chains. And, uh, and we basically say, Hey, let's come up with some names. Let's throw them out. And there was so many thrown out. And we definitely creatively had a lot of disagreements. Like that's stupid and (laughs) that's ridiculous. And I love that. And you know, like, like any creative bunch of people, um, we went through quite a few rounds and this is the one that we kind of settled into that we all were like, yeah, that feels right. I I think that's really what it comes down to is it's not always, Oh my God, that's the one! It's more mm. like that. That one feels right. That mm. one feels like it really makes sense for what we're doing, and um, I think also it's a name that hopefully won't be used to <laughs> to defame Disney and, and Kathleen Kennedy uh, as our last one. <laughs> <laughs> right. again tot- totally totally fine if people dislike them or whatever but i i think that was one of the things that i saw in the comment section that comments like oh birth of a monster is this the origin story of kathleen kennedy like oh boy wow. rough <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I, i'm gonna'm I'm gonna ask you to follow up on that is wh- which is which is more I, let's see i guess challenging let's use that word which was more challenging for you coming up with the name for this fan film or naming one of your kids
0: oh that's a good one um I would say this was way harder than naming kids <laughs> wait really my my wife and I are, are pretty like succinct when it comes to like naming our kids um, like we Yeah, there there wasn't even like that much of a discussion. We had a few names and it was, it was, this was like a grueling couple of weeks of back and forth and disagreeing, you know, on text message and email. I mean, it was, it was quite a bit.
1: Is there one of the ones that, that you personally just couldn't stand or that the group didn't care for that that you might recall (laughs) that can share with us?
0: Uh, yes, but I don't want to say it. Okay. It's funny. I'll tell you. I'll tell you off. I'll tell you off air only because. No. Well, I'll give you the reason, but I I can't off the top of my head, other than one in particular. I'd rather not say it. Fair enough.
1: (laughs) We know there's going to be some ties to the original trilogy, to birth of a monster. When you guys are going into this process and give us an idea for those of us that have no idea what it takes to make a fan film or, or a film in general, what does that time frame look like from the time you have yeah. like that first spark of inspiration to the time that you're actually wrapped and ready to show it to the public?
0: Yeah, that's really that's a good question because, you know, this one and and a lot of projects that we do, I think will differ a lot from our experience with Birth of a Monster. So I think it, there's there's kind of two parts to it, right? Like if it's all just labor of love, nobody's being paid for it. Um and, you know, you're kind of having to squeeze and squeeze in the time with your crew and your cast and things like that, which what we did with Birth of the Monster as an example of it from the time that Tim and I first talked about the idea to the time that we premiered it in LA, um, that took two years plus. Mm. Um, now in general, like if you take a project like this one, this will probably be about a similar in, in length, I would say about 20 minutes. You know, we're, we're trying to get funding this time around. We're actually, um, you know, trying to raise around $100,000 and keep in mind, this is completely not for profit. We don't make anything. So that money goes towards, you know, paying our crew, paying for the costs of, you know, the actual equipment and, and the many practical effects that are going to be made and, you know, post-production, and you know, all of this stuff. So timeline for that is is a lot different because once the money is there or similar to if I was doing like a commercial with, with Ryan Reynolds where the money is already there up front, you know, it, it takes you know, a certain amount of time just to prep it or pre-production and, and something like this, I would say with all the stuff we need to make more than likely about two months is my estimate, um, give or take of, of prep and pre-production. That uh, will go into, you know, scheduling it, storyboarding it um, and then actually, you know, making the costumes, doing all the molds and the casts and the, you know, the painting of the, the characters, um, you know, prop making and all of that stuff. And then the shooting, this one in particular, will be roughly four days of shooting. Um, we, we are going to have some um, some desert scenes, as if you would imagine, Sands of Fate. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say roughly four days, may, maybe five. And then the post-production process uh, with editing, um, composing the actual music. We have an incredible composer named Aaron Eckert. Um not the actor. He so he'll he'll compose the music and he does a really, really good job at kind of integrating, you know, actual Star Wars music with completely original stuff. Um if you watch Birth of a Monster, the entire uh there's like a um montage scene that he composed Mm -hmm. that the initial song that we gave him was was Ray's theme as like inspiration. And he created this completely original, amazing thing that even included the Cantina um, theme song. Wow. So there's a lot of that in that, you know, the editing, the sound mixing, um, the color correction and, and all of that, all the finishing. I, I, I would estimate that will be around two months, again, give or take. Sure. So if, if, if we're saying give and take from start to finish, I would say this short will probably be around five months to, to start and to complete, um, which, you know, which is good for, for a 20 minute short film, you know, as, as opposed to, I guess I was trying to compare it to a commercial, but that's much different because Mm. commercials, you know, like when we did the, the Peloton wife aviation gin crossover one, you know, Ryan called us on a Wednesday We literally shot it that Friday and then we edited it and got it out that same Friday before I even got home from set. So it was like 30 hours, but that's the quickest turnaround I've literally ever done in my life. Usually, you know, you get a week or two to prep, a couple days to shoot, and then maybe a month to edit. So yeah, I think it's safe to say like five months, maybe six at the most, but that also goes back to why we're trying to raise the money. Um, because we want to be able to go through this process and we want to be able to do it succinctly, not to make any money for ourselves, um, but to be able to do this the right way and really give ourselves and fans the best possible fan film.
1: Yeah, and talk a little bit about that, Alec, because, you know, obviously folks that don't have a background in film or television and when it comes to all the special effects and the composing, everything you mentioned, and you know, it'd be easy to go like, "Oh, they're they're asking for a hundred thousand dollars or more in order to fund this project." But you, as a creative who's literally in this business, what is your, I guess, your motivation for bringing this project to life, if not for profit?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. My brain is filled with so many things, but <laughs> I, I think the, the main the main thing, and, I, and this is not uh, to sound corny, but it literally is because we just love Star Wars, and this is super fun for us. I mean, you have to keep in mind that with, with us as a group, as filmmakers, we do get paid to be in the film mm. industry. Like, we do have a career, and we're able to do that. So we want to be able to do one of these a year, maybe one every other year, because it's really this this passion, this thing that makes us feel like we're a part of the universe that we love so much. Um, so we're not worried about being able to take care of our families or ourselves financially, um so it's just really nice to be able to have a project like Mm. this in between those um so yeah i mean that that truly is and i mean that truly is the case and i also as you were saying that i was thinking you know hey we're trying to raise a hundred thousand dollars and you know some people who don't know the industry like really like seems like a lot of money and it is but i what i what i want to emphasize and it's hard to do this on a website or on indiegogo without talking to people um a hundred thousand for what we're going to be doing, no joke, and if I were to be producing it with a client and actually doing a proper budget where everything was properly billed at X, Y, and Z, I mean, this particular film would probably cost uh, over a half a million dollars at the least. Wow. It, I mean, and, and I'm not I'm not just throwing out a, a trivial number there or, or being hyperbolic. I, I would say about a half a million considering all of the, the sets, you know, the actors, the props, um, you know, the going even into like, composition. And there's just so there's so many finite details of things that, you know, Tim and our team, we we actually have built a new team um, under my company called EV Effects which is a special makeup effects studio. And it's we have access to so many incredible special makeup effects artists and sculptors and, you know, people who are doing this working on huge, uh, you know, studio films, and then they get to work on this stuff with us. So if we were to be Billing the proper way and for all the um, materials and and time and all of that, it would be much, much more. So there's still a level of passion for the people involved. You know, me and Tim are still not going to get paid. Like, we're, you know, we're not using that money um, to give us any profit. It's really just to make sure all of the individuals involved, all of the materials, all of the locations and sets and all of that are covered.
1: I love it. Uh, and and that's, uh, that's such great insight that we would not otherwise get. So thank you for sharing that. So when it comes to the, the project funding, where can folks check out a little bit of insight about the film and even help yeah. and invest in this project?
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I appreciate you asking. Um, so I try to make it really, really simple. We created a just a landing page on our website um, that is evcontent.com forward slash S-O-F, SOF for Sands of Fate. So EV for Escape Velocity, content.com um, forward slash uh, S-O-F. So yeah, if you go there, um, what's cool about that is, I mean, right when you go on it, there is a um, a YouTube video. We, we shot a teaser. Um, and actually, that's one of the things I wanted to quickly jump into, but the teaser has four long... It also features a uh, new character, T-R-O. Um It has a really, really cool um character Antillus um that is all practical it's this really big kind of bug looking creature um and Steve Bloom is doing the voice of both Forlom and Antillus and then Chris Bartlett who uh well I just talk about them really quick so I think most people know Steve Bloom um who's a very good friend and and he did the voice of OTK um extremely talented. I think he broke a Guinness book of world records for the most voice credits on IMDB wow. or something like that. Wow. Um, you know, from doing spike, you know, spike on cowboy bebop to um, he, he's uh, the voice of Zeb in star Wars rebels. He right. does voices in star Wars resistance. Um, and I mean, he's just, he's done Wolverine for over a decade on animated shows and video games. Um, so having him involved, the project he's going to be doing multiple voices um including a few characters we're not going to tell you yet about <laughs> um which is su- super exciting and then chris bartlett um you know he, he's not a household name but he's someone that i think a lot of star wars fans would be stoked that is involved in our project um so chris has actually been for over a decade um been disney's go-to when it comes to C-3PO traveling and being the performer inside the C-3PO suit, um, when Anthony Daniels is not available, and he's been doing this a lot, from you know literally at the Oscars as C-3PO um, to TV commercials wow. to like you know Make-A-Wish Foundation appearances, but but like he is hired by um, Lucasfilm to be C-3PO, so um, he actually is the one who is the body performer for for in the film and in the app in the teaser. So he's great. And, and he does a lot of other amazing things. Um, also, the other cool thing about Chris is that in the most recent um, season or the first season of Mandalorian, he played a few different characters, including the um, that mercenary droid, um, Q90, who was in the, the episode with Bill Burr. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was, I think he was the pilot, if I remember right, he was the pilot of that Okay. A mercenary ship. And he was also the, the Kubaz character, I think, in episode one with the with the flute. So he's very ingrained in, you know, the Star Wars world working for Lucasfilm. So we're really happy to have him be a part of the team. So that was just a quick digression to say, you know, they're in that teaser that when you go onto the site again, evcontent.com forward slash SOF, um, you'll see that. And then there's, you know, a donate bus- button on the top and bottom. And then we also give a bunch of information, you know, that's also on the Indiegogo page when you when you click to donate. Um, we have a link on that page for Birth of a Monster. Um, so you can really get a sense of what it is we're trying to do. I, I think the biggest, uh, most important thing is we're trying to join, you know, professional filmmakers with Star Wars fans to work together to make Star Wars short. and And we've kind of created the campaign in a way – that I think as people donate, they don't just feel like they're giving money, but they feel like they're a part of mm. this, that they're they're actually taking part yeah. as, hey, we're fans and we're doing this together because there are some donations where you can literally become a part of the cast and the group. Um, there are donations, you know, you can, from as high as an executive producer down to, you know, being a production assistant, or, you know, uh, there's one that you can literally shadow me as an assistant to the producer on set. Um, and a lot of these, you know, we'll give away original prop that are literally one of a kind. It won't wow. be like, some of them may be replicas that we want to do a few of, but there's going to be some that are like one of a kind that were specifically made, you know, for this and people will get that. Um, there's really cool. And Tim is doing like these um, heads. You know how you see like in a, in like a cabin, like a moose head mounted or a deer right. head. Yeah. We're, we're doing he's doing. Three of those, but for like alien creatures from star Wars. Wow. So that will actually be a really cool thing that we're going to have in the film, but then there are people like they can donate and actually get those. the original ones' not being remade um, wow. so so some really, really cool stuff, but also you know credits for being involved in the film and um, the the big thing I want to say to your listeners and everyone is like, look we don't care if you just donate five bucks i'd rather people just you know be involved five dollars is is great for us you know we get enough people and we can make the film but that we just appreciate people supporting it, sharing it on their social media, being excited to be a part of our team. Yeah, that's, and I appreciate you giving me the platform to chat about it a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're stoked to kind of get some behind the scenes peeks from you. And we're excited about this. We can't wait to uh, see things unfold. And then does it sound like it may, and I know that this might be kind of painting you into a a corner, but does it sound like it may be ready for the public around the time that celebration comes around in August, 2020?
0: Well, I, I hope I, I really, that, that is the reason we started when we did is that would be the goal is mm. to hit that. Um, I'm hoping, well, I, I definitely, we, we will be there. I mean, I, <laughs> I may be joining you, right. Um, yes. we will be there regardless, but like, it would be, if we can hit our goal, there is, there's no reason we wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, I, the, I think I would be absolutely shocked if we weren't able to have it done, you know, by um, by the fall, you know, or before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But what we really, really want to push for is to um, is to shoot it early summertime and then have it out you know, right before or right out Star Wars Celebration to get the most hype for it.
1: Awesome. Well, Alec, thanks for giving us kind of a a behind-the-scenes preview of The Sands of Fate and remind folks once again where they can find all the information to invest and become part of this awesome fan film.
0: Yeah, of course. And again, keep in mind, guys, it is a, you know, not-for-profit film, so your donations are just going to help us make this. We're not making money. But it's um, evcontent.com forward slash S-O-F, S-O-F for Sands of Fate. So EV for Escape Velocity, content, um, com forward slash uh, S-O-F. Awesome.
1: Well, Alec, thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll look forward to perhaps some updates along the way.
0: All right, man. Well, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Love the podcast. Um, tell everyone I said hello. And yeah, thanks for having me on. We'll talk soon, man.
1: Absolutely. Hey, that's going to do it for this episode of Unmistakably Star Wars. As always, you can swing by unmistakablystarwars.com to find our complete archive of shows. And you can find us on that wretched hive of scum and villainy known as Twitter at UnmistakablySW. Circle is now complete, my little tauntauns. We'll see you next time in the digital docking bay. And until then, may the Force be with you.
0: Unmistakably, Star Wars is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeareScapePods.com and on Twitter at WeareScapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.